This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 70. Are you a woman who thinks office politics is a four-letter word? Are you a star at your job but still getting bypassed for promotions? Did you know you could advance your career using company politics and have fun at the same time? Join us today and get great advice from an author and former CEO on how to navigate the politics of promotion. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Women's Leadership Success Radio, and today we're talking with Bonnie Marcus, who strategically navigated her own corporate career from an entry-level position to the top of a national company, including being CEO of Service Master Company and VP of Sales at Medical Staffing Network and two other national companies in the healthcare and software industries. She has held executive positions in startup companies and Fortune 500 companies as well. Her new book, The Politics of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead, offers women an opportunity to get a proven process that will help them get promoted. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to have you, and a um, special pleasure because we're both executive coaches that help women get promoted. And I know, so that's great. It's um, it's fun to talk to you, and, and we can share some stories together here. I wonder if you could start by sharing a story of someone who got blindsided by the lack of political savvy. Yeah, and that, you know, that's such a great place to start. <laughs> Because uh, that story, which is my own story, is the reason I wrote the book. Pretty early in my career, I got passed over for a promotion, and I was totally blindsided. I had been a top performer at a company. I'd worked my way up from an entry level to an AVP position, and I won all the awards. You know, I went on all the trips. I really was considered to be a bit of a of a rock star. And so when there was an opening for a VP slot because of a reorganization. I thought it was a shoo-in. You know, there was no one else in my territory, and I really thought that my performance would speak for itself. And I did put my hat in the ring. I did tell my new boss who came in from outside the company that I was interested in the position. I even lobbied to some extent, so I did have a little bit of political savvy. I asked my direct reports to um, call my supervisor and and uh, recommend me for the position. But I was passed over because I didn't really have a clue as to the politics. I didn't have a clue as to how that decision would be made. And it had everything to do with not building a relationship with my new boss and not building a support network of allies and champions. So I started to talk about this because I also do a lot of speaking. And my keynote was Anatomy of a Blindside. And I talked about this to women's organizations and conferences. (laughs) And women came up to me, and they were so emotional about the topic. 
say this happened to them and they felt so angry and they were be- felt betrayed and and uh, were very interested in the lessons that I had learned from my own experience. So I knew, you know, that I had to write the book. It was a turning point in my own career, one that I recovered from rather quickly, but even when I go back and I think about it, it's it's pretty painful. Yes, and and like you, I've heard this so many times. I recently had a woman who was demoted two ranks down. She had been a VP and went all the way down to a manager level. Same type of thing. She got blindsided. She was in a new section of the company. And um, she was basically voted off the team because she didn't speak up. So I do hear it a lot, too. Can you explain what political will is and why that's really important? Political will is the willingness to understand that politics is this, that politics is important in the workplace if you want to advance your career and you don't want to be blindsided. And it's the willingness to engage, to understand its importance, first of all, and understand that in order to reach your career goals, you need to develop some kind of political savvy. And can you describe, is political savvy different than political will? Yes, yeah, two different things. So political savvy is is more the skill, right? It's more, well, how do you navigate? Uh, Political will is just that mindset and that, that understanding that politics is important. And political savvy, I'd like to emphasize, is a skill and not a trait. So you can learn how to be politically savvy. And in fact, most women learn how to be more savvy over time in the workplace. But you can learn how to do that with certainly with focus and intention early. And by political savvy, I mean understanding the dynamics around you, understanding the workplace and how things work, the reality of that workplace. So who has the power and who has the influence what are the rules and the unwritten rules? And it's about building relationships, mutually beneficial relationships, to help position you successfully. So, how do you begin to notice that? So, for someone who's, you know, just, you know, they think they've moved from it's just working really hard to no, I need to learn this. What are the beginning steps they would take to notice who's got the power and uh, who they need to connect with? Well, I I outline exactly what to look for uh, in the book Uh and some questions to ask because we don't normally think of it. We're so focused on our work, as a matter of fact, that we're not necessarily looking around at what is going on around us and what the relationships are and what the politics are at, at play. We assume that the rules are the rules for the most part, and I know that women tend to focus on what those real rules are rather than the unwritten rules, which rule, by the way, Uh because, you know, they're more subtle. But it's beginning to understand, and hopefully it's through a positive experience, not a negative experience, that we begin to see that the relationships in the workplace are what are helping people be successful. So it's getting more aware of the importance of relationships. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. 
I, I like the question you asked in your book. You, you said, uh, you asked women, does your organization promote people solely based on performance? <laughs> and what kind of response did you get from women when you asked that question? Uh, everyone across the board when I was doing the research said that they did not work for an organization that promoted people solely based on performance. And it's interesting because, you know, the percentage would vary. So some organizations, they'd say, oh, you know, it was 50% politics, 50% performance. Some would say, oh, it's 80% performance, 20% politics. But I think what's important to note is that that can be different by company. It can also be different by department. So the politics can be different depending on who you work for in what part of the organization. Mm -hmm. And that's why it really takes some intention and focus to see, well, what is going on right here where I am? And what does it take to get ahead right where I am? Because it may be different than somebody else is experiencing with a different boss in a different department. So why do women seem to be reluctant to develop this political skill? What, what's that all about? Well, first of all, they hate politics. <laughs> and they believe that they're taking the high road by avoiding it, you know, because they think it's dirty and they think it's underhanded and they don't want to have anything to do with it. So they feel, for the most part, that they're taking the high road and what happens is then they become much more vulnerable. The other thing I think uh, I want to emphasize is that they don't know how to develop political skill. They don't know what that means. Uh, so they don't, not only do they not know it's important, but they don't know the first step in how to develop that skill or what that means. They can look at other people in the organization who they might say, oh, wow, that person's a real political animal because they see that they are manipulating, et cetera. But I don't think, I don't believe that that type of person, that political animal who's outright manipulative and self-serving, has political skill. I think when you have that political skill, you're subtly working influence and developing mutually beneficial relationships that are going to benefit not only you, but your team and the business. So that's a, it's a great reframe as opposed to you're manipulating people, which most women don't want to do. What you're doing instead is you are uh, developing a, a relationship that's mutually beneficial to both of you. Right, so, and, to, and to the business. And to the business. You know, it's not ego-driven. You're not, it's not all about you, and it's not, well, I'm going to get ahead at the expense of somebody else. It's how do I develop these relationships how do I help others achieve their goals? How do I help the business achieve its goals? And in doing so, yes, I gain visibility and credibility and influence for myself. Do you have any experience with how do values fit into that? How does one's personal values or the, or the values of the company fit in with developing those relationships? And, well, I'm not quite sure I understand I, I will, your question. Okay. I do know that it your values need to be aligned with the company values. And the reason I think that's important is that otherwise you're hitting your head against the wall all the time. Okay. You know, you, you want to find an organization where you can showcase your skills and where when you are working to further the business objectives 
that something aligned with your values and who you are it just makes it uh, a lot easier and you eliminate that kind of internal tug. Yeah, you know. that makes sense. Well, I know you don't have time to go into a lot of depth with these, but could you tell us a little bit about your political toolkit and maybe give us a couple of samples of things that would be good for people, to, women listening, to start doing? Sure. So the first tool in the toolkit is a mirror. And the mirror has everything to do with self-reflection so that you can take the time to tune out everybody else (laughs) and what everybody else is doing and truly understand your value proposition. And your value proposition is how you do your work, how your work benefits the business, so how it contributes to positive business outcomes. And when you can understand that, you can position yourself across the organization and with people to offer to help and to bring value to them and to the business. So understanding that is really very important. And the mirror helps you. It's just a you know a, a symbol to say, okay, now I need to look at myself and understand what that value is. My experience is a lot of women don't have never thought about that. What what Might do you well. find? Yeah. Might, <laughs> Might as well. So, you know, if you ask somebody about, this is my experience. If I ask uh, one of my clients initially about their value proposition, they may give me their job description or they may give, give me some cliches. Oh, you know, I'm a team player. I'm analytical. Um, I'm organized. So all those adjectives don't tell anybody really about how you add value to the business. Mm-hmm. I, you really uh, need to connect the dots for people. Right. I just Last week I had a, a woman who, there's three people that could be promoted to vice president. She has two other people that are competition, and I asked her what her value proposition was, and she didn't have any idea. And I said, you you need to figure that out or you will not be promoted. You know, yeah, there are some. There is an exercise in the book that that will help you, and it encourage anybody to do it with a trusted colleague or a coach, uh-huh. somebody who can give you good feedback and and really cut through some of the uh, rhetoric. Tell us another one of the tools. The next tool, which is really important, is a magnifying glass. And uh, again, the reason I use the magnifying glass is it uh, is all about focus. And that is to understand the workplace dynamics. What is the reality of where you work? What And there are three categories of things to look at. One is the rules, the rules and the unwritten rules. Number two is who has power and influence. And then the third is the culture. And um, I, I outline specifically what to look for in those categories because at the end, of that exercise, as you're looking around and gathering all that information, which, by the way, we don't usually do, because mm-hmm. we're focused on our to-do list, um, you can put it all together and then say, wow, okay, what have I learned about my organization that will help me position myself better, more effectively? And so the information that you gather using that magnifying glass mm-hmm. is critical to and- your advancement. That that makes so much sense, Bonnie, and it's it's also taking that step back and going out of the fray and just looking and seeing what's going on as opposed to just being down in the weeds, but just 
stepping yeah. back. And then, you know, what I also love about it is when you have this information, okay, you're now in the position to be proactive rather than reactive. Because very often our careers, you know, we're in a reactive mode all the time uh, rather than a proactive, where am I going to take my career? What makes sense? What What is my strategy going forward? But information is, you know, invaluable. And it allows you to not only avoid blindsides, landmines, whatever you want to call them, but to strategize and align yourself with potential allies and champions, you know, people who can help you who are willing and able to speak for you. Great. And another one of your tools? Which brings me to the Pasco Collect $200 card, which we remember from Monopoly. Uh-huh. You know, it got you around the board faster and you collected money. And so it ha- that has everything to do with strategic networking. And a strategic network is a group of people who are willing and able to speak for you. What I find with most people, but especially women, is they network in a very haphazard way, not in a strategic way. And to begin to build a strategic network, you start off with what is your career goal? And then who do I know and who do I need to know to help me reach that goal? And, you know, some of the people you may not know, you may not have relationships with. But you begin to put this whole network together and actually rank, right, Who, how you have relationships, how strong they are, and how much influence they have. And it's like it becomes your, your sales plan, really. Women tend not to step out of their comfort zone, so we tend to network with people we already know and like. And research shows that uh, much more powerful networks are diverse networks. And uh, that requires us to stretch a little bit. So if you if you make that list and you see someone on the list that would be really good for you to know, and you you don't have any direct contact with them, what's a, a way to meet them or get connected with them? Well, I talk about three different categories of contacts in the workplace. Operational people are those are people who you work with every day. They may not be in your department, but you work with them in some fashion, and they help you do your job better, right? Developmental people are potential mentors, sponsors, key stakeholders. You know, they can help you move your career forward. You may not know who they are. But the last category is really important, and those are strategic contacts. And those are people who have all the information about people, you know, in the workplace, and they are well-connected. So you would turn first to those people and ask them, well, can you introduce me or can you go out to coffee with me? You might know somebody who can open up doors for you. So you need all those people in your network. Does that make sense? Yes, totally makes sense. So you want to find some way to get an introduction. First, you want to identify who who are those people that are so um, well-connected. Right. Okay. Right, and you need all three categories in your in your network. Beautiful. De- operational, developmental, and the strategic people. Connectors. Connectors. So we're running out of uh, time here on the interview, and I'm wondering, is there something else you would like the women listening to know that we haven't covered yet? I would say that if you have ambition, you know, if you are um, a high-achieving woman, that you should look 
to develop a strategy to move your career forward. Part of that is understanding you know, your value proposition. It's building this uh, network. It's finding allies and champions, maybe even potential sponsors, potentially hiring an executive coach. But what will help you to reach your goal, to go from where you are now to where you want to be? And with all the successful women that I have interviewed, those who had that type of a, of a strategy were much quicker to reach their goals. Beautiful. And to read your book. And you, you want to tell us how they could read your book and get into contact with you? Oh, great. Yes. Well, the book is on Amazon.com. It's also on BarnesandNoble.com, HudsonBooks.com, and so it's all on all the major outlets. You can also go to my website, Women'sSuccessCoaching.com, um, and there's a book tab there uh, where you can order the book as well. Uh, there's contact information on my website. Great, great, and this is—it's been such a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you great success with your book and, and the work that you're doing to help other women. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Can you do me a favor? I would really appreciate it if you would please visit iTunes and subscribe to Women's Leadership Success Podcast and give this show a five-star review. Every great review we get allows more women to discover the show and helps them succeed too. Also, thank you for sharing my show with your friends and associates. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.